know, word choice is always important. What we did may have been uncomfortable, but it was not unorthodox. We pride ourselves on being an orthodox church. Did any of you, were any of you tempted to clap just out of spite right there? <laughs> no, I was. Kind of like challenged me and called me out at the playground there. Maybe, give us a chance one day, Kelly. Give us a clapping song. We might be able to do it. <laughs> we are going to continue through um, the Sermon on the Mount. We're in Matthew chapter 7 today. Um, just a few things um, as we get going. Um, thank you for all the encouraging words um, about Mark's sermon last week. I thought Mark... Um, I, you know, I always listen, even if, I, even if I'm not here, I'm here. So I listened and thought it just did such a wonderful job. And so um, thanks to Mark for his faithfulness and preparation. Um, also, um, Kathleen Bass's mom and grandparents are here. just want you to know how much we appreciate Kathleen, and we're grateful you could be with us today on a significant day. And then probably those who get the award for traveled farthest to get to church today, I'm guessing, maybe. Um, Megan and Lee Hills, um, we're so glad to have you here, and uh, along with all the family that could be here today to celebrate um, the birth of Kit. Um, thanks for thanks for letting us have them and entrusting them to us, and we hope you can come and be with us um, as often as you can. So thanks for being here. And Paul, Paul is here. I was driving by the church this past week, and I thought, that's Paul's car up there, I think. Kelly's probably told me 12 times that Paul would be here this week. But anyways, so Paul, we're so glad to have you. Hope that you and Darla are doing well and enjoying retirement. I hear it's a good thing. Nobody's told me yet they shouldn't do it. So Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to start back in verse 6. So your order of worship says verse 7, but I'm going to start back in verse 6, and we're going to go through verse 11. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you were evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A lot of us know what it's like to be in an industry or some situation where we're required to give the pitch. To give the pitch. And if you're in one of those kind of industries, let's say that you are a big firm and you're trying to land a big construction job, or let's say you are a lawyer, you're an attorney, and you're there before the judge and the jury. Say you're just trying to get a job perhaps yourself. In those moments, it's all about, you think at least, putting your best foot forward, isn't it? Maybe you dress a little bit extra nicely that day. Um, you may, maybe you bring food for the people that you're trying to reach and get on, their, on your side. You go through all these maybe demographics of learning who they are and what they're like. And if you can find some in 
Maybe you went to the same college or you're from the same small town. All these things that you might do to walk into that room, to do your best, to put your case out there and get the verdict that you're looking for. And some of us, I think, thrive on those kind of situations. Kind of like it. It's a little competitive. There's a part of us that thinks, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to seal the deal today. Others of us are terrified at the thought of such things. But however it works out, if you get the outcome you were looking for or if you didn't get the outcome you were looking for, you're tempted to kind of debrief it afterwards, aren't you? And everybody kind of huddles around maybe in the conference room or you get together with your family and friends and say, why in the world did I not get that job? Or why didn't I get into college? Or what did we do to pull off just right to get the jury to go this way? And all of it seems to be based on our performance. Maybe what we look like. Maybe the words we used. Maybe we misspoke and we didn't do this exactly right. Or maybe we nailed it. And we just walk out and we rejoice and we're like, man, we were on today. But no matter what the outcome is, the focus is always upon yourself. What did I do right to earn that? What did I do poorly to botch that? And you can debrief and go back. I think, unfortunately, a lot of us think about prayer in those terms. I think we think about prayer sometimes like that, and that we have this request that's on our heart. And we think we have to kind of go to God with our, with our best with our best pitch. Maybe we have to look a certain way or maybe we have to put on airs or, or use words that we normally don't use. And then on the other side of the outcome, we're tempted to look at ourselves either, maybe I, maybe I did it right. Maybe I said the right things. Maybe I was having a good week. And the Lord came through for me in this regard. Or if, or if it's not the outcome we're looking for, maybe we, we look to ourselves and we think, well, I guess there's something inferior in me. Maybe if I'd only prayed this way, or maybe if I'd only done this thing, or maybe if I'd only been better, maybe the outcome would have been the one that I'd hoped for. It's been a tough passage to get ready for you this week because I know how hard seasons of life are when you and I walk through things and we offer requests to the Lord and oftentimes requests that that you and I are pretty sure we know how this should work out. We're pretty sure that we know that whatever it is that we're yearning for or longing for is not maybe even just a selfish thing or maybe it's but it's maybe it's for a job when somebody really needs a job. Or maybe it's for healing when somebody's sick. These things that you and I just, if, if we were in charge for the day, we, we think that it would be consistent with God's will. But it doesn't always end up like we think it should, does it? Pray. And then on the other side of our prayers, things don't happen the way that we think they should. 
There's no easy way to smooth that over, friends. No easy way to just kind of say, well, I guess it was God's will. Some platitude or something that we would offer. And so this morning, I think it is so important that we understand as best we can what Jesus is saying here about asking and seeking and knocking. And for you and I to be able to, to understand what it, our hearts ought to look like when we come from the Lord and we pray, and how it is that we understand on the other side either an answered prayer that we can obviously see how it matched up with what we were asking for and God's good purposes, or, or perhaps the harder outcome when it doesn't. I've been relying a lot on Dallas Willard as I've been working through the Sermon on the Mount and his book, Divine Conspiracy, is so helpful. And he, he brings us back in his book to verse 6 before we get to verse 7. Now verse 6 is, is an interesting passage. When Jesus said, don't give what's holy to dogs and don't throw your pearls before swine. And maybe, maybe you're like me and you at first walk away from that and you're like, huh? What's he, what's he talking about? And I, and I was persuaded, at least this past week, as Willard explained in his book, that, that part of what Jesus is saying here is that, that you and I, as much as we would like to, you and I can't change people's hearts. We would like to. And if they're in a position where they're not open or receptive to the good news of the gospel, sometimes you and I, our strategy is just to try harder, explain more, push in, kind of be unrelenting in our pursuit of the gospel, taking root in their lives. And people who aren't yet open to the gospel, they don't see the value of it. Kind of like dogs who you would throw out something really important to. Or like pigs, if you said, here, hungry pigs, have some pearls. And they spit them out, and what do they do? They're still hungry, and they, they bite you. And he says the whole point of what Jesus is saying here in this passage is not, not so much that some of us are more deserving of the gospel than others, because all of us would fall short of that standard. But he's teaching us that there are seasons in life where you and I, whether we want to be or not, we are dependent upon God to do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. There are two, two ideas of causation. There's one thing that you and I, we can, we can make a difference if we just get up and do it. In my backyard, there are a lot of weeds right now. Only thing between me and a weedless yard is what? Go do it. Go pull them up. And I love, I love situations in my life really where it's all about me just doing it. Just go do it. Go handle it. Go take care of it. But there are other things in our lives that are they're possible, but you and I can't do it. We have to request. We have to ask someone else, and then we have to sit back and wait. So for those people in our lives that we want to see them come to know the Lord, it, it's, it's our job to be faithful and to present the gospel and to be there. But we really need God to 
do something for us that we can't do for ourselves and transform in their hearts to see the value and the beauty of the gospel. And then right on the back side of that, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. As I wrestle with these, these words this week, I've been reminded this is not kind of like a one-to-one promise. You do this and then this is gonna, God's going to do this for you. You do this, God's going to do this for you. Raise up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not what? Depart from it. Is that a sure and certain promise? It's wisdom for how life usually works. But not a, not a promise. It's how life usually works. But you and I have enough stories from our own families, heartaches that we've experienced. It doesn't always work out that way. But generally, when you ask someone for something, what do they do? They give it to you. Generally. Maybe they're uncomfortable about it. Maybe they wish you hadn't asked. But generally, if you ask someone for something, generally you get it. If I showed up to your house this afternoon and I knocked on the door, what would you probably do? Open it. Unless you were like, hit the deck. (laughs) Make yourself scarce. The preacher's here for some reason. When you're speaking, you knock on the door, people open it. And if you look for something hard enough, generally speaking, you find it. That's probably the most frustrating one for me, looking for something that I've lost. Thank the Lord for technology. We can put trackers on things. Things will talk to us now from wherever they are. And I think Jesus is, is coming to us in this teaching. And he's inviting us to come to the Lord in prayer, making our requests known to him, trusting that he is our good and gracious Heavenly Father and that he hears our request. And I believe responds to those requests. Do you ever feel like, have you ever faced a situation where you you knew you should pray about it, but you weren't sure if it was going to make any difference? Maybe you don't get your hopes up. I mean, I I have. I've faced situations where I thought, oh, I want to have faith and I want to ask for this thing, but I don't know. I don't know if I really believe that God's listening and that he would respond to my request. But if you you don't believe that God hears and responds to your request, then then I don't know why you would really pray. Not, Not really pray. Maybe go through the formalities of it. Maybe kind of do the, do the ritual and kind of go through it, but, but not really ask of the Lord, make a request that he do something for you. But the Lord invites us to come and present our request to him, to ask, to seek, to knock. Not like somebody who's walking into a conference room to make a pitch. Not someone who 
has to make sure that they're dressed right and they use the right words and they're, they're kind of presentable. But like a child would come into the presence of their parents and ask for something. I was talking to one of my kids this past week, and I was like, what's, what's the difference in asking me for something versus asking Joe for something? I mean, this particular child was like, well, I mean, I don't really know Joe that well. It's, it's kind of awkward, and I, do I, I feel like I'm imposing, or, you know, I, I don't know if that's a really wise thing to do, but you, I know you know you I think that's how that's how Jesus invites us to pray to our heavenly father making a request sincere understanding that your motives might be mixed are are your motives ever mixed when you pray absolutely mine are Uh, absolutely But I think my prayer life has suffered a lot over the years from from looking inward and thinking, I'm not even sure if I should ask for this. Or this seems kind of selfish given fill-in-the-blank world atrocity. Or this feels like kind of petty given I know what everybody else in the world is going through. Like I I just kind of knock in the back door, maybe, maybe, maybe leave a little slip on God's desk and walk out. Jesus, I think, is trying to teach us that come, come to the Lord like he is your heavenly father, because he is. And ask him for what's on your heart. And if it is incredibly selfish, and if it is ultimately harmful for you, guess what? Probably won't give it to you. Right? Probably won't. What do you think my children's lives would be like if I answered every request they made of me? One, I would sell my house and we would live in the church somewhere because we'd have no money. Right? But there's a way that, that I know in my heart when it's, when, it's, when it's good and right to say no. When it's good and right to say no. I know that if my child asked me for bread, I'm not going to give him a rock. Asked me for a fish, though I'm not sure why he would. I'm not going to give him a snake. But you know, you understand what Jesus is saying. And even the harder things that we ask for that we don't get, more than jobs, more than you know, people that we love, to be healed, those, those kind of things, I think the truth of the matter is that that even in those seasons, you and I have to believe that God in his wisdom and in his mysterious ways that he works, even if our requests are not granted the way that we think that they should be, even if there's heartache and difficulty on the other side, the truth is that God is our heavenly father and he is present and he is at work to work all things for his good and ultimately for our glory.
I've been freed up a little bit this week trying to pray. I'm trying to use words like, Lord, please do this. Lord, this is something that I'm struggling with or I'm worried about or this is something coming up in the life of our church. And I want it to be all about me and I want it to be all about performance or messaging or all these things. It's not. It's ultimately about you changing all of our hearts, giving us more faithfulness. And it's been incredibly freeing for me. I just encourage you this week as you live in relationship with the Lord. Just take your request to Him. Just like you would a good and gracious parent in your life. I think there'll be times when we easily see God's hand at work and we rejoice and we say, wow, this is an answer to prayer. I texted a physician friend of mine yesterday and I said, you ever seen anybody that you thought was 100% gone just like turn around. You know what he texted me back? For sure. Absolutely. Sometimes we're going to get to see and experience that, and other times when we don't, nothing changes about God's character. Nothing changes about his purposes and plans, and nothing changes about his affection for you. And you don't have to walk out of that season thinking, if I'd just done this, or if I'd just been this person, or if i just prayed this, or if i just prayed enough, it's not how God works. Sometimes we just cover our mouths and we hold each other. Right? We just ask the Lord to show us. Help us to continue to be faithful people and to move forward, trusting that you're at work in ways that we don't always understand. I invite you to pray with me. God, we thank you that you hear our prayers. And I pray for these, my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, that you would that you would continue to draw them to you in relationship, continue to draw me to you. Help us to be just open and honest in our relationship with you. Help us to present our request to you. Help us to trust that you're present and at work. When we see your hands so so easily help us to be quick to praise you for that, knowing that it wasn't ultimately what we said or how we said it, but you're just good and gracious and at work in places where we where we continue to struggle to understand your will in our lives. Lord, just make us people of faith who continue to trust that you're present and that you hear and that you're at work in our lives. We offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen.